The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We want to return to the issue of housing. So a little bit earlier on the show, we heard uh, from Mary, who's due to be evicted at the end of this month. We might come back to Mary's story in just a moment. But first, I want to play you a little clip of Leo Varadkar. So the Taoiseach was on News Talk Breakfast this morning and he was asked to respond to claims made by Father Peter McFerry of the Peter McFerry Trust uh, that Dara O'Brien, the housing minister, wanted the eviction ban extended, but that he was overruled by the Taoiseach. Take a listen. That claim is 100% untrue um, and there is zero evidence to support it. Uh, so the Minister of Housing, Dara Bryan, recommended back in October that we put in place a temporary winter eviction ban and the government, including me, uh, agreed with that recommendation. And a few weeks ago, um, on foot of advice from his officials, um, three options were put before uh, the party leaders and he recommended option one, which was that we should not continue with the with the um, uh, the temporary winter eviction ban for reasons he's explained. So that's that's okay. the absolute 100% truth of it. And like I say, the claim is 100% untrue and zero evidence to support it. Well, as I said, the claim was made by Father Peter McFerry and he is with me. Now, Peter, it's always good to talk to you. Uh, are, are you standing by your version of events? I am, Kieran, but I don't want to get bogged down in this spot with the Taoiseach. <laughs> This is a distraction from the real issue, as is Owen O'Brien's tweets. These are distractions from the real issue. I can't prove that what I'm saying is true without revealing my sources, which I won't do. Letitia can't prove that what he's saying is true. And that's where it ends. We can't discuss it any further. It's my word against his word. And that's the, as far as I'm concerned, that's the end of it. And we need to get back to focusing on the issue. Where are all these people who get evicted going to go? Uh, do you, do, do you feel like you're getting kind of sucked into a a, a, a kind of a personal... Uh, so Alan Farrell, the TD, talking around no. corners might be normal for a political activist, but I'm sure it's not normal for a priest. The uh, governments, when they make very difficult and controversial decisions, they love a distraction. <laughs> And this is a distraction, as is Owen O'Brien's tweets. So I really don't want to focus on this distraction. I want to get back to the real issue. As I say, this distraction, it can't go any further. Uh, It comes down to one person's word against another person's Mm. word. There's no way of proving either. So uh, it's uh, as far as I'm concerned, this distraction is dead and should be allowed to die. Ah, yeah, and listen, I, I, there, there's kind of an element of the purian fascination with it, but I think, I think it does matter to people that you know, possibly the minister for housing <clears throat> saw the merits in extending the eviction ban. I don't think so. Uh, this was a, obviously a government decision. The government are united now in stating that this didn't happen. I understand that the government, especially when they make a difficult decision like this, have to present a very united uh, face. I fully understand that. That's what they are doing. And uh, I I am not going to continue trying to dispute the Taoiseach's version of events. Well, listen, I mentioned Mary, who we heard from a little bit earlier in the show. Mary's due to be evicted uh, from her home of the last four years at the end of April. Uh, For people who missed it, first of all, go and listen back. Uh, Incredibly sad story and a difficult situation. Mary finds herself in uh, 
un- un- not unique situation, uh, unfortunately. But here's a little clip from that interview. I put myself on the list for the homeless and they told me that I need to put three weeks before my due date. Mm. And uh, one one day, just one day before to to ring the Dublin um, Council for uh, emergency accommodation. But imagine me and it's it's not just me. I have a small child, five years. I have yeah. him in school. I cannot go to couching, surfing or family or friends or anything. It's not just me. I have a child. He has his needs. Peter, that's the real story that you want to talk about, I take it. It is. What really annoys me about the ending of the eviction ban is two things. First of all, there is no, virtually no emergency homeless accommodation available anywhere in this country. The homeless emergency accommodation is chocker full. And families who would traditionally be put up in hotels uh, while, while they wait for permanent accommodation, the hotels are full, and now that we're coming into the tourist season, many hotels are reverting back to tourism. This was the worst possible time to end the eviction ban. And uh, secondly, it was, uh, it's, uh, there, as there is nowhere for them to go, uh, sorry, I've forgotten what I was going to say. I'd come well, back well, to well uh, Mary was making the point that she she received her notice of termination two days before Halloween. So she's had a good five solid months, she said herself, of trying to find alternative accommodation and could find absolutely nothing. The closest she got uh, was actually through a WhatsApp group in her school. Someone told her about a place that was coming up for rent. But the gap between what she could get on HAP and what the rent was was just far too large. It was an astronomical sum for her to be paying uh, on her own, a single mum with a five-year-old at home. And she, despite all that lead-in, five months, it'd be nearly six months actually by the end of April since she got her eviction notice, she'll have to ring emergency kind of the homeless services 24 hours before handing back her keys to say, to basically ask, is there anywhere for myself and my son to sleep tomorrow night? Yeah, and that's my second uh, problem with the ending of the eviction ban. During those five months when the ban was in force, the government did not do one single thing to try and mitigate the effect of this ban. They ended the ban and they said we are going to mitigate the effect of the ban by making landlords negotiate, first of all, with the, with the local authority. That requires legislation. That, the government have gone on holidays now for two weeks. There's going to be no legislation passed. That legislation is going to take weeks or months to pass. Why, if the government intended to end the ban, why did they not pass that legislation five months ago and have it in place for the day that the eviction ban ends? So they did nothing to uh, uh, to anticipate the mm. ending of the eviction ban. Well, well I, I know you can't answer this question with any certainty because you're not in the room, you're not sitting around the cabinet table, but you, you're active enough in this area that you might have a view. Why do you think they did nothing? Do you suspect that they thought housing would have turned a corner within five months despite how long the problem has persisted? I don't know what no, it I is. Think this, I think this was a last-minute decision. I think the expectation was that this ban would be extended, and I think that expectation continued right up to the very last moment. It was a last-minute decision, and that's why nothing was done. Uh, during those five months to mitigate uh, the damage that this is going to do. I mean, this isn't over. 
if the government thinks this is going to go away, it's not, because over the next few months, there's going to be a drip, drip feed of heart-wrenching stories, like Mary's, uh, of people who have been evicted and have nowhere to go. Already we've had some of those stories. A woman who, on the day she is to be evicted, will be giving birth in a hospital. <laughs> and an elderly man who has worked all his life saying that his worst fear is that he's going to die in a homeless hostel. We're going to hear lots and lots of stories like this over the next few months. And it is a crying shame, and it's on this government's patch. So what should they do now? Sorry, I've lost you if you're still... Oh, sorry, Peter. I, I said, what should they do now, the government? Well... Obviously, I would like them to reverse the, the ending of the eviction ban, but I don't expect they will do that. I think they would lose a lot of faith and credibility if they did that. So I don't expect them to do that. Uh, I'm in despair. I don't see any solution. We have 10,000 people at least over the next few months who are going to face, uh, face, face homelessness. And I, there is nothing there for them. I don't know what the government can do. I, I, at four o'clock, I was running through some of the facts and figures, and I mean they don't paint a pretty picture. Um, you know the number of landlords who've left the market, eviction notices that are due to fall due over the next three months, what the homeless figures are, average rents, even in terms of kind of the sacred cow of supply that we get, you know, lectured upon uh, so often. You know, we're so far short of what the housing stock should be, and we're not closing the gap because you know we need fifty to sixty thousand a year. 30 is the target, and we're unlikely to hit that target within the next couple of years. Things are slowing down. I mean, when, when you look at all of that in its totality, what's the, likelihood, what's the likelihood... Here's a, kind of maybe an unfair question. Bear with me. What's the likelihood you're going to be talking about this for the rest of your life? <laughs> I have been talking about it for most of my life. I'm going to continue to be talking about it for a long, long time. This is not going away. In fairness to the government, it is the uh, it is the it is the end point, or not the end point, but it. Uh, the last fifteen years have been a succession of failed housing policies, disastrous housing policies, which focused on relying on the private rented sector to provide housing for low-income families. That policy is now proved to be an utter absolute disaster. But that was the policy that, it, that was in place right up to this minister. And I, I support much of what this minister is doing, I must say. He has reversed that emphasis on the private rented sector. He has committed to building or providing 9,000 new social housing units every year. I think that's the direction we have to go in. I fully support that. Uh, my problem with the, with the minister and the government is their targets are too low. Uh, the government have ordered 700 modular units. I think they should be ordering 7,000 modular units. So I think their targets are too low and the pace of delivery is too slow. The, the provision of social and uh, affordable housing is way behind target. <clears throat> Peter McFerry, uh, listen, sobering as always, but we appreciate uh, your time. Uh, Peter, of course, is the founder of the Peter McFerry Trust. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.